Hello and welcome to another episode of Cast It Into the Fire. I'm on with Bill again and he is going to do more long dinosaur rants because that's what Bill does. Yep. And um, I'd mentioned Dinotopia last time, so that's what it's going to be about. And uh, do we want to start with the James Gurney novels? Yeah, we'll start with the first two novels. Well, they're illustrated novels um, <clears throat> about... A mysterious island that uh, sailors get shipwrecked on where uh, dinosaurs and other prehistoric uh, animals exist. And not only do they exist, but they're intelligent and they've created a society with uh, humans that have been shipwrecked there. Yeah, the dinosaurs are pretty much fully sapient. They don't... They don't talk except for... uh... Remind me, did Bix... What? Did Bix have any human speech in her... Uh... Yeah, she talks all the yeah. time. Bix talks, talks and I... Um, some of the bird-like messengers that have a mimicking, didn't well, they? Yeah, a lot of them talk. Um, in the original. I don't know what it is with... Uh, I don't remember exactly what it is with the TV series, but in the original novels, a lot of the dinosaurs talk. The carnivore, the carnosaurs don't talk. Like the T Rexes don't talk. They just and you know the a lot of the uh, large predators don't talk, and they they live in their own separate uh, area of the island. So anyway, the dinosaurs are fully sapient, and they have their own languages, which may need translating, but they're full languages and. Um, the people and the dinosaurs live in mostly harmony, and... Yeah, and to give background on this, this was started by a guy named James Gurney, who is an artist as well as a, uh, as well as a, uh, um, a writer, and he's done a lot of, aside from Dinotopia, he's done a lot of work for, like, National Geographic, he's done, um, actual paleo art. Uh, official paleo uh, reconstructions, things like that. But he created Dinotopia, and what it is is the original story is basically set in the 1880s, I think, something along those lines, where a guy named Arthur Dennison and his son Will Dennison get shipwrecked, uh, and they get saved by dolphins and brought to shore, and they, they come ashore, and they encounter dinosaurs and then later people and they really discover that this is a like i said a huge society built by the two of them together working together uh and later there are other prehistoric animals and they're full of very detailed um illustrations that are you know except for that it's showing people riding dinosaurs you know with elaborate saddles and decorations on them yeah the illustrations are fully scientifically accurate for when they were written. Um, I believe there's been some updates on how some of the dinosaurs looked since then, but, um, yeah, and well, it's you know accurate enough, and uh, so, um, yeah, humans and dinosaurs and a number of other prehistoric animals uh, live in harmony, and they uh, work together and. The tech level is, depending on whether it's, you know, in the cities or, or rural, it's, I'd say, 
Renaissance through steampunk era. Yeah, there's a bit of a steampunk element, which we'll touch upon. But, uh, so, anyway, but the point is, is that they're shipwrecked on this island, and no, you theoretically can't get off this island, because it's kind of got the, uh, for those who've watched Kong Skull Island or any of his other uh, recent ones, it's, uh, you know, supposedly so hostile weather-wise that it's impossible to... Uh, and it's surrounded by off. a reef that boats can't do can't, either. Yeah, so it's it's basically like the whole impenetrable, inescapable island. Uh, Dolphins you know. and um, some of the marine reptiles can, like, find holes in the reef, but... Yeah. So, anyway... Um, so they get here there, and they get introduced, and they integrate into society, their society. Pretty uh, quickly and smoothly. Uh, it, it's, with Arthur, I feel like they, they show, okay, they don't show it being not smooth, but they imply that it's not that smooth for him. Uh, Will, uh, gets integrated very quickly. He becomes something called a Skybacks rider, and that's where they just have, like, these... Pat- safety patrol type things where people are riding uh, Quetzalcoatluses and uh, they're they're doing things like uh, recon and rescue. And again, it's not like... And apparently that's the real name of the species, Quetzalcoatlus skybacks. Yeah, I don't remember if that's the current one name, but it was at one point. And uh, I thought they just made up skybacks to be different for the... Yeah, well, because he has... Like we discussed with Mark Schultz, he kind of has, like, a lot of names have different meanings and stuff like that. And most names will have some kind of uh, additional meaning. And although this makes no sense except for, you know, a rule of cool. Yeah. Um, they've got all sorts of other extinct animals from different kinds of environment than the dinosaurs. They've got Ice Age megafauna. They've got... Um, I think they got some trilobites and yeah, that that's what makes less sense is that they have a Paleozoic, uh, they 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 have a Paleozoic animals, which means that they would have gotten there before Dinotopia existed, and they were just there the whole time. So and they got mammoths, direwolves. But that at least kind of makes more sense. The real animal, not Game of Thrones, um, and Apicamelus, and these are all. Mammals that are not all that different from some we have around now. And they're just as sapient as the dinosaurs are. But they don't have any other... They don't have non-extinct animals except for the one time some mice. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, like I said, in a different area... Different areas are in different areas. Like, for example, the... uh, um, the uh, the mammoths and the saber tooths and uh, the ice age and uh, the the mammals they kind of live all on saber tooth mountain which that's its own novel and then you have uh, when it's like you know tends to be colder there uh, and then you have the apicamelus live in the desert yeah and then you have um then you have like the rainy basin which has the uh, has the uh, carnivorous dinosaurs, including uh, T. Rexes and uh, the Giganotosaurus, in uh, that, 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 that. So that's how it's pronounced. Yeah, Giganotosaurus. I always thought it was Giganotosaurus. Yeah, well, you know, it's who knows how to really pronounce anything. Uh, 
and that that's one of the characters is his name is Stinktooth, and he's like the biggest, strongest uh, predator there because he's a gigantic Giganotosaurus, which those average larger than T Rexes. But they don't have T Rexes place in. Yeah. You know, non paleontologist thought and pop culture. Yeah, I mean, that, that, I mean, you know, that's another like one of those rule of cool things. It's like okay, they're calling them by their scientific names when like a lot of them have been like, "What the heck is this?" And I'm sure dinosaurs wouldn't have thought of themselves as that because that's uh, yeah. But. And uh, the carnivores, they have a treaty of sorts, from my understanding, with the humans and the herbivores. But it's always kind of shaky. And travelers who go through the rainy basin, you know, they armor up the sauropods they're riding. They they bring fish tributes and stuff like that. So they're, they're bringing a lot of, yeah, fish are not sapient. Everybody except for the carnivores are pretty much vegan except for fish. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're bringing baskets of stinky fish, you know, fully, you know, expecting that they might have to cut those loose as an offering for the theropods so they don't get eaten. Yeah. So they have, quote-unquote, peace. Um, yeah, and uh, it's generally considered that way. Um, it's considered pretty peaceful. Um, they also have an arrangement of sorts where if a dinosaur knows that they're going to die of old age, they will sometimes pilgrimage to either the rainy basin where the um, T-Rexes are or to the Sabertooth Mountain where the Smilodons are so die naturally so that... They can be eaten and then... Uh, so, again, it's a nice little system. Uh, however, the... Uh, v- v- even though it's pretty much harmonious, uh, there are some issues. One of the issues is that uh, some of the some of the people there don't actually like that whole arrangement. They don't like being trapped uh, on an island with dinosaurs. One of them, the most famous or infamous one, is a guy named Lee Crab, and he really he points out. Uh, Dinotopia means terrible place. It's sort of... Which it kind of does. It sort of does. It sort of is gibberish, too. Um, but it's... It's... it's Like, it could mean great, terrible place, but it's kind of gibberish as well if you want to actually <laughs> get to a direct translation. But, um... Which, again, it's, it's been a while since I've taken my Greek. But, um... So he doesn't like it, and he wants to, uh, he wants to leave, and he eventually sort of gets a chance. Um, so what happens is that it's later revealed that in Dinotopia that they, uh, it's a remnant of a much older civilization that was basically. Uh, a civilization that spun off into the inspiration for Atlantis and actually spun off also into Egypt. Again, this is all like a lot of crazy stuff going on. So they find statues of like dinosaurs that are garbed like Pharaoh and yeah, Sphinx. And, yeah, and like Egyptian gods. And so that's considered to be uh, 
uh, you know, a part of it. And they later learned that, you know, those societies were powered by something called sunstones. And they're basically like, um, for lack of a better word, they're like chaos emeralds. Well, no, they're not quite like that. But they're these large uh, jewels that can actually power... Uh, they can power lights, they can power, they can give, you know, basic, uh, you know, basic luxuries and stuff like that. They also power something called a strutter, and a strutter is, that's where the steampunk thing comes in. It's just basically like a steampunky robot dinosaur that people used, and, you know, in the hubris, uh, one of those ancient civilizations, I believe the one that became Atlantis... Uh, use those instead of actual dinosaurs. And it's portrayed as folly because, you know, the dinosaurs are their friends and they weren't, you know, utilizing their friends. Uh, so, either way, that civilization fell. And they also have, like, a kind of fish-like steampunk submarines that are, like, paddle-powered combined with... Yeah, and they're sometimes pulled by prehistoric uh, marine reptiles. But, um... So, I suppose I should also mention, they have a, I actually don't have the whole list of commandments of sort um, memorized, but um, everybody's supposed to live by a code with rules like, you know, survival of all or none, eat to live, don't live to eat. Um, Yeah, they have like sort of a commandment. Weapons are enemies, especially to their owners, or including to their owners. Yeah. It's 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 sort of commandments, but it's also meant to be, you know, guidelines. It's not meant to be like, oh, you broke this commandment. It's more like these are guidelines to live by. Yeah, I said commandments in comparison to the Ten Commandments, but it's not really a religious thing, so... Yeah, and again, they're okay with, um... They're okay with, um, you know... <clears throat> they yeah. Um, they're, they're generally okay with a lot of things, and they're not really that strict about it, but they're, again, it's meant to be society guidelines, and, uh, the pre- I don't know if you got into this, Sarah, but the, uh, the, the predators, the carnivores, they have a different code, um, that might, I don't think I was... I didn't right. get into that, but that I'm not might, surprised. That might not have been a, yeah, and I don't remember exactly what it was, but it's, like, sort of more of a... Sort of more like a Jedi versus Sith thing, but of course they're neither are meant to be portrayed as evil or good. They're just meant to be portrayed as different philosophies. So, um, so anyway, yeah, um, when they were in this expedition to the world beneath, discovering all these, uh, new wonders of science that are, you know, borderline steampunk magic, Lee Crab steals a strutter and tries to escape and... I guess they chose to stop him because it's implied that he would be a threat if he left. Granted, that would be quite a sight. Can you imagine you're just like this is like eighteen eighties and you just like you're 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 anywhere in the world and you just suddenly see a dude uh arrive on a uh, mechanical dinosaur <laughs> without a head and he's just there. Uh, he would just, like, that would be one of those things where that, that certainly would indeed change the world quite a bit. Um, so, um, yeah, it's, uh, 
it, it's very interesting that that happened. I mean, of course, you know, when they stop him, they don't, like, kill him or anything. They just stop him, and he returns to society, and he's kind of, uh, kind of regarded more suspiciously. That's really it. There's not a, uh... Um, it's not really, it's, and again, that's sort of the utopian aspect of that, which honestly I do like, and you know, I'm fine with, you know, overlooking a lot of like the weirdness, like I said. They don't really have bad guys exactly beyond that level. Yeah. Um. And, and like I said, it would be kind of weird having like, okay, I'm okay overlooking that and also overlooking the whole, uh, I mean, I think that's cool, having a utopian aspect of that, an actual utopian aspect uh, that seems to be genuine. And, yeah, enough to the point where I'm willing to overlook the fact that they have things like Donkleosteus and the Trilobites, which were extinct millions and millions of years before dinosaurs came onto the scene, to the point where that would have been a uh, very... It'd be like those are the actual founders of that area. So there, there'd be something. If I were to actually try and make sense of it, there's something weird about that island, way, way, way beyond it just being a weird thing where animals, pre extinct animals, survive. There's something weird going on. But anyway, it's a very cool uh, series. And you would think that some of the humans would have brought animals from outside to live there and okay there's mice and they kind of get it with those humans there's mice that's not much of a stretch how come there are no dogs you'd think one or more of those shipwrecked people would have had a dog survive with them or, or cats i yeah, mean you could argue it's like oh what happened to them but in all honesty it seems like the dinosaurs generally wouldn't eat them except for some of them would that gets into sort of uh uh the next topic of that something of a spin-off there's a bunch of spin-off books um, um they're by different authors yeah they're each by a different author they're sure you can but they all seem to fit pretty well canon wise with the original um the first of the spin-offs is wind chaser which it's about to like maybe preteen or teenage boys it's been years since i've actually read these spin-offs um but they they're on a prison ship to Australia, and one's the son of the doctor, and the other's one of the prisoners. And he was, like, a pickpocket or something before he was shipped. And, um, yeah, they hit a storm. They both wash up on the island, and um, the doctor's son integrates pretty quickly. Like, they get met by Bix, the translator, right on the shore. Go on about Bix a little. All right, Bix is one of the dinosaur characters. She's a protoceratops. I have no idea how many listeners will know what a protoceratops was, but you can just Google it, and it pretty much gives you an accurate description. It's a small, not too small, it probably weighed between, you know, somewhere between 200 and 800 pounds, depending on what estimates you're going by, and they were, you know, kind of like the size of a uh, hog, and they're, uh, they're a larger hog, and they're, uh... They're related to Triceratops uh, and other Ceratopsian dinosaurs, but they have no horns. They're just, uh, they just have, uh, they sort of have a beak and a bump, and they have a, a frill. And Bix is one of the characters, and she speaks, she speaks well. She, you know, you're asking if she speaks, she speaks very well. It's implied she speaks better than most of uh, humans or dinosaurs in multiple languages. She also, um, 
she's uh one of the she's an ambassador yeah she's an ambassador she's she's a uh she's kind of a nerd too and it's kind of a uh she's not what you would consider a uh you know a very wild she's she's an urban dinosaur she's she she she's the equivalent of somebody who would like you know live in a you know an apartment in New York or whatever and be fine with that uh and she's she's actually a cool character cuz she's she's kind of a uh again she's kind of, she's pretty com- she's on the complicated side she's not just a dinosaur she's a um she's inter- she's an interesting intelligent uh character who uh has her own personality and again she's she's kind of a nerd she's uh friends with will um and she's sort of a uh, um uh, she's more or less one of the protagonists main protagonists for this um and so she ends up usually greeting humans when she was introduced she uh what happened was Will hit her with a rock cause he didn't know what the hell a protoceratops was and she just went up to him and started squawking and you know a lot of people tend to uh freak out with things like that um so, but, you know, they made up and everything was cool and she's, again, she's, she's a pretty important character overall. So that, 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 I guess that, uh, story takes place in the same time period. A lot of the stories yeah. take place in the same time so period. So anyway, yeah, back to Windchase. So these two boys wash up on the shore, they meet Bix, and... Like, one of them thinks he must be hallucinating because he ate a fruit. Because why is this dinosaur talking to me? And um, one of them thinks, oh, maybe we're dead and this is heaven because dinosaurs are long gone. And so it starts like that. And the doctor's son integrates to Dinotopia pretty smoothly. And the um, pickpocket, um, he... Does it doesn't go so well? He's had a rough life before that, and he doesn't trust the sincerity of their uh, utopian code that they've got. And um, anyway, it's it leads up to uh, I wish I knew remember the names of either of these boys, but um, the one who'd come as a prisoner. He ends up, like, it's his path to training to be a Skybax rider, much like Will. Yeah. And, yeah, before that, he's like, oh, I could get a job here, like, bucking the stables. And they're like, oh, that is a highly honored, because it is. Being a dung shoveler is actually an honored, uh... Yeah, yeah, that's one of the things, uh, you, you, uh... Now, a few people like Lee Crab didn't like this idea, um, but it's one of those things is that um, one of the most rivered um, positions job-wise is sanitation, which means, you know, they usually clean up dinosaur crap. Um, Sorry, (laughs) I have no other way of really saying that. But it's, uh, 
it's dinosaur waste. Unfossilized and, coprolites. Yeah, and they're, and, you know, they're viewed as, like, they even have their own lore, like, how they were descended from kings and they stepped down to do this. Uh, you know, something like that. And, uh, they're generally treated well, which that actually, I think, is cool. Because, honestly, sanitation is one of the most important jobs anybody can have at all. So, you know, we're not literally drowning in our own shit. Um, yeah, respect to any sanitation workers, janitors. Yeah. It's a tough job. It's an unappreciated job. Yeah, so that, that that's kind of cool to do that. Of course, you know, Crab and a few others, they're like, oh, okay, well, we're their slaves. We're doing that. It's like, well, sanitation has to be done in any society no matter what. Dinosaurs are no. Even if there are dinosaurs, you're going to still have to have uh, people taking care of that. So, again, disease and uh, other stuff like that isn't rampant. So, um, I think that's kind of a cool little thing. So, I guess he does that. I've not actually read this book. I'll talk about another book in a minute that I have read. Okay. Um, no, go ahead. I don't know who wants to talk more about I this. don't have greatly a lot of memory of that one, but it's the first in the spin-off series. Okay. Um, so go on about the one you're thinking well, the of. the one I read was, the one that I read and I own, I've read a few of them, but the one that I remember the most and that I own is, uh, called Lost, Dinotopia Lost, and that's by one Alan Dean Foster, and I'm, I hope that a few of our listeners recognize that name, because he wrote a lot of science fiction, um, and he... He basically is known for doing a lot of his own science fiction work, and he has written uh, other things. Like, for example, another probably one of his most famous works was Star Wars Shadows of the Empire. Uh, that's its own thing. That's, we'll get into that maybe one other day. But that's that, that was uh, something that was pretty much canon until very recently. Um, he even had George Lucas's blessing, at least according to, uh, what I learned, but, you know, anyway, the point is that he wrote this story about, uh, these are, um, pirates that actually got lost onto Dinotopia, like, pirate pirates. Yeah, I don't think I read that and, one. And, yeah, it's really good, and, uh, they end up, uh, trying to get off a few times, and they end up kidnapping a young T-Rex, which was really stupid. Uh, eventually, uh, one of them, I think actually a couple of them, but definitely one of them turns and becomes, like, a good upstanding member, but then they have, like, their, I don't even remember the guy's name, but they have a Blackbeard-type character who's really ruthless, and he gets eaten because, you know, he has... Uh, you know, 19th century, like, firearms that are not American or high caliber, and he is, you know, stuck amongst T-Rexes and stuff like that, and tries to, he tries to get off on his own, and he tries to make a stand against the uh, large carnivorous dinosaurs, and that's just... Yeah, you wouldn't want to do that with anything other than, like, a really high, powerful uh, hunting rifle. But, um, and even then, there were too many of them. So, but it's a really cool thing, and it has, uh, and um, you, you get to meet uh, various other characters. And, yeah, the main character, uh, Will, is, uh, he, he makes an appearance. Uh, and he's sort of a side character, and you have all these side characters... Um, 
And it's really cool, though, because you get, like, all these side characters, and there, there are plenty of Dinotopia novels that have nothing to do with uh, the main story. And they, they all feel snapshot. like they are meant to be in that world. They don't, yeah. they don't feel like, oh, this doesn't belong here, or... Um, yeah. So... And one of my favorite ones as a kid was Sabretooth Mountain. Yeah. Now this I've got better memory of the main character Kai. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah, she's um in the Forbidden Mountains where the the Sabretooth Mountain and Tent Pole in the Sky and um the the Ice Age mammals are and her sister Moraine is a habitat partner and uh yeah, the habitat partners are a thing where a person and a dinosaur or mammal, um, their job is to watch over a particular habitat and make sure everything's going okay there and work toward a solution if it's not. So, um, her sister Moraine gets the, um, the mountain alpine stuff and she's... Kai is going somewhere on Mammoth back to yeah. get somewhere and it gets snowed in and the Sabertooths are getting hungry and the mammals that would be going there to pass on and feed the Sabertooths can't get through and I'm not going to spoil the solution, but it's... Yeah. It's one of my favorites because it's got snow and Ice Age mammals. I guess I already kind of like that stuff for yeah. Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's got the hot air balloon um, ships that they've got as transportation, and yeah, it's, it's cool. It's really cool stuff. So so anyway, we, we did a very brief overview of the books. There's a lot more books, and there's a lot more. We just sort of given uh, a few of the books that we've read in the two, first two books. Uh, now the the thing is, they also uh, they also made a uh, two live action series, a mini and, series. Yeah, Bill's they, got some opinions about that. Well, I haven't seen enough of the main series, but the mini series. Uh, it was all right. Uh, it's set both the. I think they're both set in the modern day. Yeah. More or less. I mean, modern day is in like. Which is one 90s, change that Bill 2000s. really dislikes. Well, it's not even that. It's just the fact that that makes puts the strain of disbelief, you know, the suspension of disbelief, a lot harder. And again, it not necessarily. You well, you mean like like that. what? Satellites never saw this place. Well, uh, also like not only that, it's like okay, well we're oh we're shipwrecked, and it's like again they kind of do this Kong Skull Island thing, and it's like okay, there's just no way of getting that. But yeah, you would think that they would have known what that is. Um, uh, you'll pardon me if it's been years and years since I have seen the show, but I did. I think I saw the entire first season. Yeah. Now, I found it enjoyable, but then again, I hadn't read the James Gurney books yet. Yeah. And. Well, it's not terrible. My, my main issue. Well, anyway, go ahead. You I would say it's a good show, but it's if he has an adaptation of the books, which yeah. is pretty common as a. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I'd say that my main issue with it is simply the fact that uh, it portrays the dinosaurs as a little, a lot uh, different than what they are. Uh, I mean, they're intelligent, but they're not as intelligent. And it's implied that humans are kind of running things. I mean, again, I'd have to watch it again. Maybe I miss certain things. But it's implied that humans are in, like, the superior position. Uh, and that's really not what it's meant to be. Uh, another thing is that they are going like, oh, well, Dinotopia doesn't have art or doesn't have certain culture because dinosaurs didn't develop this. Whereas in the books, it's actually the opposite. Dinotopia is, like, portrayed as the originator of a lot of art and culture in human society. Um, and, you know, things like pre you know, pre-Egyptian stuff that later became Egyptian and other things like that. Like, it's sort of thought to be something that, you know, dinosaurs actually helped humanity found civilization in a way. And that, I think, is a lot more of an interesting way of doing it than kind of being like, oh, well, here we are, we're here on this island and we're kind of equal, but not really. So. And another difference is instead of you know, a father and son getting shipwrecked, um, is a two brothers and a father. Their plane went down. The father was separated, and I guess I'll spoil you a bit and be like, yeah, he in fact was still alive, caught out in like the reef area somewhere, and got rescued yeah. f- later on in the season. But um, his two brothers survive a plane going down they think their father is dead yeah and the they still have the plot where one of them you know trains to become a skybox rider yeah um i would say quite a bit of it is it's about them breaking the various dinotopian codes one by one in various ways yeah um and I think, yeah, one of them was happier to be there than the other. I, which I think maybe is a little bit of an element of Wind Chaser, but not much. Yeah. Um, and Lee Crab is a little... Okay... Wait, was he even in the series? Yeah, he was in it. I, don't, and... I, don't, I remember his descendants being in it. I don't remember him being in it. I remember his descendants, though. I remember it's like, you know, there's like this uh, woman and her kids, I guess, and like adult kids, and they're they're all descendants of Lee Crab. It may have been, but I thought I saw the actual no, Lee I'm there. Sure, I'm sure he was, but either way, they rewrote him. Although there is one aspect of Dinotopia, side note, is that humans live incredibly long, and it's important said that it might be their diet, but there's no real reason to believe that. It's, there's again, a strong there's implication that it comes from drinking a, a tea of a species of burdock found on that island and not elsewhere. On that island, yeah. And that's Arctium the, longivus. Yeah, and that's one of those things where, um, again, there's things about the island that, you know, don't make sense in a lot of ways, and I think that adds to it rather than subtracts to it, but it's like, there's something going on that we're never really fully known about. Anyway, go ahead. I don't think this is a huge spoiler, but this version of Lee Crab is worse in some ways. Yeah. Um, like, one of the things is, you know, he shows a 
taxidermied um, some kind of prehistoric reptile. I honestly don't know what it was. And I'm not sure it was a, pro- a proper dinosaur. I think it was something else. But he has a taxidermied one and he'd like to show, you know, the world outside this. Okay, in Dinotopia, if you did that, that would be considered practically murder, not just hunting. Yeah. So that's quite a bit darker than... Yeah, that would be considered on the... Uh, that'd be a lot worse. Um... But yeah, it's still Lee Crab, and uh, he doesn't really want to be there. He wants to show off it to the outside if he can figure out a way to get out. Okay. Um. So I'll I'll say if you watch it, you probably find it enjoyable, but it's a poor adaptation of the books themselves, possibly. Yeah, the books are a lot better, and you'll have a much richer experience. Now, Lee Crabb did imply that he was going to come back uh, either way in the books, but it's, again, they don't... It's not like he gets that far. Um, And again, it's one of those things, I feel like in modern era, it's more of a stretch. Uh, But, you know, that's... And he turns up in the spin-off book series, too. Yeah. So... Now, the second season of Donatopia, I can't give a fair review of it. I didn't watch all of it. Um... But what I did see, I'm going to be harsh here and say the quality of it went way down. Well, they probably got their funding cut a lot, so that's, yeah. Well, the writing quality, the plot that I could see was poachers were hunting stegosaurs to take their horns to make effective working de-aging potion. That, you know, makes you get younger and younger to a baby and then disappear. Yeah. So, that's, that's, that's that, uh... <laughs> that's that, that's uh, a big departure from well, anything that ever happened in the books or could happen in the books. But that's, 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 that's a huge sci-fi trope. Like, that was a Futurama episode at one point. Um... So, anyway. so I don't know how that ended. I don't know if it got better, but yeah. <laughs> that's what I remember of it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's Dinotopia in a nutshell. Uh. Again, I absolutely recommend reading the books. They're they're very entertaining, and if you're a dinosaur nerd like me, uh, you're gonna like it. But uh, you know, just know that, uh, it's a little weird, but, you know, it's something you get used to easy enough. Uh, the series, you might not like that as much, but it's still, it's not Or terrible. maybe you might. Yeah, it's not terrible. It's not the worst. And the series is an honest way to get introduced to it. And I probably wouldn't have found the books, or at least not found them as fast if I hadn't been watching the series, yeah. so there is that. Yeah. So, yeah, if you've, you know, have something to say about the books or you've watched the series and you loved it or watched it and you hated it or um, you have more commentary about season two because you did finish it, yeah. uh, go ahead and message our Facebook. You know, we'd love to hear what you got to say. Yeah. Um, and uh, next time we will be back to our regularly scheduled uh, podcasts. With uh, we're going to be doing Redwall next. And uh, 
Thank you for listening to Cast Into Fire and have a good night. Bye.